instead of waiting for your customers to reach out to you for a problem or an issue or just something they need to get done, you are identifying the areas where you pretty much know that they're going to have to do something or have a question or something's going on there, right? So you want to identify that early, kind of ahead of time, and then reach out to them proactively. Welcome back to the CX Pulse podcast. We're glad you're joining us. Welcome back to the CX Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Rose Earhart. And today on the show, we're being joined by an expert on proactive CX. Today, Melanie Turek, VP of Research for Digital Transformation and Connected Work of Frost and Sullivan joins us. So Melanie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Amelia. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. So tell us a bit, before we get into our chat today, tell us a bit about yourself and your passion for this type of research. Sure. So I've been with Frost and Sullivan for, um, well, going on almost 16 years now. And uh, I started out covering what, you know, was then and still is really called unified communications. Um, but that encompasses everything from enterprise communications to the contact center. And so um, as part of my coverage there, watching what's changed in the contact center has been, you know, really kind of incredible and a lot of fun. And I started out doing primary research, but very quickly got into working one-on-one with our clients. Um, um, and, you know, kind of helping them figure out what they should be doing and how they can be doing things better. Um, so that's primarily where I spend my time, which I really just, I, I love helping them, you know, just kind of make their business better, their customer experiences better and all of that stuff. Well, and today you'll have the chance to do the same for our listeners and, you know, sharing your expertise on this big topic of proactive CX. So let's start there. What do you mean by proactive CX? Yeah. So, you know, it kind of means what you would think it would, right? Which is instead of waiting for your customers to reach out to you for a problem or an issue or just something they need to get done, you are identifying the areas where you pretty much know that they're going to have to do something or have a question or something's going on there, right? So you want to identify that early kind of ahead of time and then reach out to them proactively whether that's with information or just a reminder or a way to offer help, whatever it is, it's going to be kind of context dependent. The goal is obviously to make things better for them, but also to make things better for you, to make sure that all of those needs are getting met, that you're fully prepared to do so, maybe kind of moving them in one direction or another, just really depends on, you know, kind of what's driving that communication as to where your focus is going to be there. Yeah. As I was preparing for our interview today for the show and the podcast, I was thinking, yeah, proactive CX, I can picture all sorts of examples from the customer side of my needs being anticipated. Sometimes it comes at just the right moment and it probably does influence me in major ways. So why don't you share some of the examples that you're seeing organizations use in terms of proactive CX? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the most common ones is if you've got a subscription service of some kind and it's coming near its its end date, right? So, you know, just a little reminder, hey, whatever it is, going to run out at the end of the month and, you know, we don't want to have any gaps in your coverage or et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, making sure that they sign back up. Obviously, something like that is great because you don't risk losing them as a customer completely. There are, you know, usually some cross-sell or upsell opportunities even, um, but also from their point of view, right? They don't have to keep track of all of this stuff. They're not going to lose any downtime or have any downtime or lose any service or anything like that. So that's, you know, a really obvious one that we're starting to see some companies do. Um, Another area that I think has been really 
um, quite out ahead of things in this area is travel and hospitality. So on the airline side, for example, there are a few airlines that are starting to do this really well, especially in the last few months has been very handy, right? As so many flights get canceled and delayed or things like that. So being able to proactively notify you something's up and then ideally having either taken action already that you can say, hey, but we rebooked you and you're now on this flight or whatever it may be or giving you a way at least to contact them, um, which sometimes has to happen just due to complexity issues and things like that with scheduling, um, but making sure that you know they can just click on a button and they're immediately gonna get put into a system, whether it's automated or, or a human agent or whatnot and get that kind of resolved. But also in other ways, right? You know, just reminders, hey, you know, your flight's gonna take off in an hour, get to your gate, here's your gate. So just very simple things that just make it that much easier for travelers, you know, to figure out where they need to go. And like on the hotel side, we see a lot of that too, right? So everything from pre-check-in, information you might want the hotel to have, information they might want you to have, the things like, hey, you know, room cleaning, right? That's changed a lot in the last couple of years, how we handle that, what we expect from that. So proactively reaching out to your guests and making sure they understand what's that going to look like? And then what do they do? What can they do to get the kind of service they may or may not want? Those kinds of things. Um, another big area where it can be very, very advantageous um, for you know, the, the company, basically, that the one that's, you know, running a contact center or a service center is if you have field service personnel going out. So maybe your cable's down and you've made an appointment for somebody to come to your house and, you know, hopefully fix it, right? So you make that appointment and then, you know, they can't get to you for a couple of days and you forget about it or something's come up and you're not going to be home or whatever. Very often, customers will not call the cable company to let them know that's happening. Um, so you get a service person goes out there and nobody's home. You know, it's obviously a loss of time. There's cost factor and everything. So reminding people about their service appointments, making sure that somebody's going to be there, very, very good way to increase the likelihood that those will actually go through. Yeah, those are such great examples. And boy, of course, I so relate to the, the aviation example you use. I love when I get a notification that my gate has changed, right? I feel supported in that. So does that translate to more inbound contacts from these types of prompts? Or are they mostly informational at this point where I'm taking in the info and just making a change going forward? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's actually one of the fears that we see sometimes that our corporate clients, right, will have in terms of like, do I really want to do this? Because I feel like now I'm kind of opening the floodgates and people are just going to contact me. If I, you know, if I reach out to them for some reason, then they're going to come back to me. And what we usually say is don't look at it as a way to reduce customer contacts. And in fact, after you do a proactive outreach, you very well may get a contact that you wouldn't have otherwise, but chances are you want that contact. So, you know, it, it's not so much that you're gonna get more than you should, it's probably that you're getting the contact that you need to have. Now that said, obviously, whether people reply is gonna be a little bit contextual, something like your gate has changed, 
there's probably no likelihood of anyone replying, right? But obviously, if the flight has changed, you know, you can expect a significant number of contacts, right? So in that case, you need to be prepared to handle those. And that's really where, you know, kind of the rubber hits the road in terms of how successful you're going to be with these proactive contacts, because you need to make sure that not just that you have the resources in place to handle it, whether that's human agents or, you know, bots that are ready and programmed to deal with it, but also that the people or the systems handling those calls are going to have the information they need, the background they need, the context they need. And so, you know, there's obviously been a lot of movement in the contact center around context and making sure agents have information and and all of that, um, that kind of personal note. And that's really, really important because you can imagine you get a text from a company and you contact them as a result, you kind of expect them to know why you're contacting them, right? So you really do want that engagement to be spot on when it comes to why you're getting in touch and then also make sure that they can actually do something about it so they can resolve the issue and help. Yeah, it sounds like a good rule of thumb with proactive messages would be get right to the point and make it very helpful, very useful to the customer right away. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to have to search for that information. That's right. So Melanie, talk to an organization now who is just getting started with using their data in a proactive way. How should they get started? And also, what are some of the key challenges to look out for? Yeah, so obviously, you know, you want to look for what we call low-hanging fruit, right? But those, those interactions that either you know are going to happen or you actually kind of want to happen. So again, using the example of an airline, I mean, if you cancel or change a flight, you know all 180 people or whatever it is, right, are going to have to contact you some way or another, whether that's in person at the airport or on the phone or you know, via your app or God forbid, social media, whatever it is, right, they're going to reach out. Um, So that's an excellent place to start. Uh, On the other hand, like if you are um, a company that runs a subscription service or any kind of service really where things might be need to be re-upped or are changing, maybe pricing is changing and you have to let people know that, whatever it is, again, you can kind of assume people are going to be reaching out to you. It might not be immediate, but eventually they probably are. So jump on that, right? And figure out, okay, this is a good place for us to start. And I would say too, we we definitely recommend starting small. Pick one thing and do that first, right? Um, And sometimes even regionally, you know, pick one thing in one area and see how that goes for you. You know, testing here is really good. But then once you do that, you know, I, I talked about the need to have context and the need to be able to respond. And so you've really got to have that in place as well. So that means having some kind of omni-channel system where, you know, all of those contacts are being routed appropriately, that your agents can see all of those contacts, um, that they can see the history with the customer and they know exactly why this call is coming in or text or chat or whatever it may be. So that means, you know, different things for different organizations. It, It may mean really approaching it as a new training opportunity for your agents and, hey, this is what we're doing and this is where you need to go to find out what's happening. And and as you get these calls, this is what's going to pop up for you and all of that. It may be that you're assigning specific agents to these interactions and routing them that way so that, you know, they get to be very, very good at this. It may be a matter of, of workforce management, resources planning and stuff like that, because Again, as you can imagine, 
things like, you know, canceled flights and whatnot, if you're not ready to handle those inbound contacts, that's a problem as well. So that's something the airlines have not done particularly well, right? And we all understand why, but, you know, somebody shouldn't be on hold for two hours when they're trying to contact you about something urgent. But you can also have fallover things in place. So if you're not, if it's not time sensitive, particularly, and you can't staff up, you know, exactly to respond to all these contacts, maybe you roll it over to email or something like that. You give them a different way to contact you, or you make sure that your website is robust enough to have everything they need right where they need it. And you send them over there and that's all fine. But do you need to have obviously all that supporting system in place as well? Yeah. I mean, would it be um, logical to say that there may be a need to anticipate a certain number of folks who maybe unsubscribe when they get a text message or get an alert because of maybe it hit them at the wrong time? Do you ever see that? Yeah. um, I mean, we don't see that very often because as long as the the message, it doesn't come across as spammy, but that raises a really good point, right? Which is that you definitely need to be aware of the language you're using um, and how it is that you're reaching out to people. And then also you don't want to overuse it. So people do not want to hear from you every day, right? They want to hear from you only when it's relevant. And of course, you know, obviously you're going to have to give them the option of of opting out and everything like that. And, you know, that's just sort of, I I would say that's just kind of a cost of doing business for this. Um, It's not something that we've seen as a significant barrier. Okay. All right. Well, let's head into the future now. So tell us about where you see Proactive CX heading next. Yeah, so I mentioned early on, you know, the idea that eventually you can use this as a way to sort of cross-sell or upsell opportunities. And that's absolutely true, something we really are seeing some companies take advantage of. So again, you don't want it to be super salesy or spammy from that user point of view. But if you can imagine if you've got, you know, somebody who's coming at the, the end of their subscription and you want to kind of move them over into something else, I mean, you can do everything from just, hey, we have this great new offer and kind of direct them that way to, hey, we saw that in the last 12 months, you know, you used our service, you know, you watched these 25 programs or, you know, did this particular thing a lot. And we've got a special offer just for you that, you know, we'll get rid of the things you don't use and pile on the stuff that you do. And we think it'll be a lot more valuable to you. So depending on how personalized you're able to get and willing to get, you know, you can really kind of take advantage of that outreach to nudge them in that direction in a way that if they contact you, your agent might not quite be ready to do. Wow. This is a really cool topic. And I think I'll have a lot more gratitude next time I get a notification from an airline when I'm flying and they anticipate my needs. So Melanie, thank you so much. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can get in contact with you and maybe learn more about you? Absolutely. So Twitter, LinkedIn is just my name, Melanie Turek, spelled as you see it. And if you have specific questions, you want to reach out to me directly via email. It's just melanie.turek at frost.com. All right. Wonderful chat. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Amelia. Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes.